This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now let me read this to you from some other translations. I don't want you to take my word for the definition of certain terms. So let me read this to you from some other translations. In Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4, from Isaac Lesser's translation. Now, just to let you know before I read this, Isaac Lesser's translation is the only translation that is recognized by the Orthodox Jews in the English language. The only one. So you would well understand that the Orthodox Jews would have checked this out to be correct according to the language. Did you get that? It's the only one that the Orthodox Jews, who know the Hebrew language better than anybody else, recognize as accurate. Verse 4, but only our diseases did he bear himself, and our pains he carried. While we indeed esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and through his bruises was healing granted to us. Now, folks, everybody understands that verse 5 is talking about the work of Jesus on the cross as our substitute. But notice what the language declares. Yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and through his bruises was healing granted to us. That's what the Jews recognize as the translation of Isaiah 53, 5, from the Hebrew to the English. We all like sheep went astray, everyone to his own way did we turn, and the Lord let befall him the guilt of us all. He was oppressed and he was also taunted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like the lamb which is led to the slaughter and like a ewe before her shearers is dumb, and he opened not his mouth. Through oppression and through judicial punishment was he taken away. But his generation, who could tell that he was cut away out of the land of life, that for the transgressions of my people, the plague was laid on him. And he let his grave be made with the wicked and with the godless rich at his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him through disease. King James says the Lord has put him to grief. But the Lord was pleased to crush him through disease. When now his soul has brought the trespass offering, then shall he see his seed and live many days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Freed from the trouble of his soul shall he see the good and be satisfied. Through, the knowledge, through his knowledge shall my righteous servant bring the many to righteousness while he will bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the many, and with the strong shall he divide the spoil, because he poured out his soul unto death, and with transgressors was he numbered, while he bore the sin of many, and for the transgressors he let evil befall him. Let me read to you from another translation, the complete Jewish Bible. I won't read the whole thing, I'll just pick out certain verses. Verse 3, people despised and avoided him. A man of pains, well acquainted with illness. Like someone from whom people turned their faces, he was despised. We did not value him. In fact, 
It was our diseases he bore and our pains from which he suffered. Yet we regarded him as punished, stricken and afflicted by God. Verse 5, but he was wounded because of our crimes, crushed because of our sins. The disciplining that makes us whole fell on him, and by his bruises we are healed. Verse 10, yet it pleased Adonai to crush him with illness to see if he would present himself as a guilt offering. If he does, he will see his offspring and he will prolong his days. And at his hand, Adonai's desire will be accomplished. The Jubilee Bible reads this way. Verse 4, surely he has borne our sicknesses and suffered our pain. And we considered him stricken, smitten of God and cast down. But he was wounded for our rebellions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, healing was provided for us all. Finally, the Young's Literal Translation. Robert Young was the author of the Young's Literal Analytical Concordance. One of the foremost Greek and Hebrew scholars of his day. He is despised and left of men. A man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he has borne. And our pains, he has carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God and afflicted. And he is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his bruise there is healing to us. Verse 10. And Jehovah has delighted to bruise him. He has made him sick. Folks, I want you to understand something. I wasn't trying to be tedious about reading all those different translations, but I wanted you to hear it over and over and over again and see that there are honest and legitimate Hebrew scholars that translate this as sickness and disease. Now, whatever you think about it, Whatever you think about it, you have to acknowledge certain things. First of all, the words grief and sorrows in the King James, literally sickness and pains, is never, ever used in the Old Testament. Speaking of spiritual things, only physical afflictions. So for the modern day church to say Jesus bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, and that has something to do with some spiritual meaning, they're showing their ignorance of the Hebrew language. Secondly, these words born and carried, Nasa and Tabal from the Hebrew. And I have no idea if I'm saying them right. Have to carry the same meaning concerning sickness and disease in verse 4 as they carry and hold in verses 11 and 12 where it talks about the, the carrying, the bearing and the carrying a way of the iniquities of man. So whatever you want to attach to that, if you want to attach as some have done in the modern day church and say that, well, see, Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says that Jesus healed all that, they, all that were sick there to fulfill what Isaiah was saying, then you have to attach the same sense, the same time, the same timing to the bearing away of the iniquity of mankind. Very simply, I'm saying this. 
if Jesus bore away the sins or the sicknesses, excuse me, if Jesus bore away the sicknesses of mankind while he was here on the earth, and that's what Matthew eight sixteen and 17 is saying, then you have to conclude by definition of the language itself that he bore away the sins of mankind before he went to the cross. There is no other explanation. It either means that Jesus did the work on the cross for both sin and sickness or he did the work on the, in his earthly ministry concerning both sin and sickness. Can't have it both ways. I'll say it again. Never is there a distinction in the Bible made between what the modern day church calls salvation, meaning forgiveness of sins, and the healing for the physical body. Never. Now turn back with me to Romans chapter 1. Again, verse 16. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the good news of Jesus and what he's done for mankind. Everybody understands that's what the gospel is, isn't it? When Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, every denomination acknowledges that that means go tell what Jesus did on the cross for mankind. And they may not acknowledge everything that he did. But that's what they mean by the word gospel. That which Jesus has done for man through his sacrifice on the cross. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God into salvation. To rescue. To deliver. To protect. To make safe. And to heal. Who's it for? To everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now that we've acknowledged certain things that the Bible says, and we certainly haven't exhausted it, but we've acknowledged certain things that the Bible says about what God's intent and what God's definition of salvation is to include not only the remission of sins for man, but also healing for the physical body. Notice what Paul says by the Holy Ghost is the power that brings healing. He says it's the gospel. Notice what he does not say. He does not say it's prayer. See, folks, I've seen people go down to sickness and disease praying. Prayer is not the power of God to heal. He does not say it's the gift of healing or some other work of the Holy Ghost. I've seen people go down trying to get that to work. He does not say it's being filled with the Holy Ghost and praying in other tongues. As valuable as that is, that's not the power of God to heal. He says there's one and only one thing that is the power of God to heal, and that's the Word of God. That's how we know the gospel of Jesus, isn't it? That's how we know what Jesus has done for us, and it's through the Word. Psalm 107 verse 20 says God sent His Word and healed us. Then say he sent us gifts of the Spirit to heal us. Now we've all seen maybe examples ourselves or heard stories of gifts of the Spirit or where the Holy Ghost would move in some special or spectacular way. 
And healing would be accomplished in someone's life or body. Thank God that those things work. We believe in them. We see them. We thank God for those things. But they don't work for everybody. Notice the Bible does not say, Paul did not say, that people with special anointings is the power of God to heal. Although we know that God set certain people in the church with ministry, special anointings to minister to the sick. Thank God that those things work, but they don't work for everybody. The simple fact is this. God did not put special anointings or gifts of healings in the church for the church to heal herself with. He sent his word and healed us. He sent his word and healed us. Now I'll remind you also of a scripture we already looked at in, in James chapter 5 and verse 15. It says, in the prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. But I want you to notice something about that. It says a very specific prayer does the work. It's a prayer of faith. Well, the Bible says in Romans ten seventeen. so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, you got a lot of people in the church that are praying, even praying for healing. But it's not a prayer based on the word. It's not a prayer based on the knowledge of what Jesus has done for us. It's not a prayer based on the truth of salvation, including physical healing for the body. And so that prayer doesn't work. That prayer doesn't affect healing. It says the prayer of faith shall save the sick or heal the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. Remember in John chapter 15 and verse 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's the prayer of faith. When the word of God is the basis for your prayer. When the abiding word of God and the truth of what Jesus has done for us and what belongs to us is the foundation for your prayer. To seek the healing for your body that you need. That's the prayer that works. So we'd have to trace the power back to the word, just like Paul said. The gospel is the power of God into healing. The good news of what Jesus has done is the power of God into healing. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing School is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Finally, turn with me to Acts chapter 14. It tells us in verse 6 that Paul and his company, Paul and Barnabas, were in the region of Galatia. The people were going to do them harm 
And so they found out about it in verse 6. They were aware of it and fled into Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia under the region that lies round about. The region round about there is the, Galatia, region of, uh, the region of Galatia. Notice verse 7. It says, and there, talking about Lystra and Derbe, the cities of that region, and there they preached the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Well, we've already identified that as the good news of what Jesus did for us on the cross. There's no other definition we could put on that, is it? The gospel, the word gospel itself means good news. Well, what good news? The good news of what Jesus did. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak. Now, we already know what he's talking, what he's preaching or speaking. He's preaching the gospel. The good news of what Jesus did. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him, the crippled man, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now, folks, I want to submit something to you. First time Paul's ever been to this city. First time anybody has ever preached the name of Jesus in this city. Paul is the first to declare who Jesus is and to tell people about what he did for us through his sacrifice. And the Bible identifies that. The Holy Ghost specifically says that that's preaching the gospel. Now, again, I'll remind you of Romans ten seventeen, which says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So if we know that the man had faith to be healed, then he has to, has to have heard something preached, the word preached concerning healing. By definition, if he has faith to be healed, then Paul had to be including healing in his preaching that he calls the gospel, that the Holy Ghost calls the gospel. Again, I'll make the point, make the statement, that there is never a time in the Scripture where salvation is separated out between forgiveness of sins and healing for the body. It is an all-inclusive term. Dr. Schofield was exactly right. It's an all-inclusive term. Every time it's used, it means the totality of that which Jesus paid for with his own blood. Isaiah 53 could not be clearer than to reveal that his blood paid the price as our substitute for sin and paid the price as our substitute for physical healing. It couldn't be clearer. So Paul perceives that this guy has faith to be healed. First time he's ever heard about Jesus. What does Paul have to be declaring? I came to a revelation here over the last year that I'm ashamed to say that it took me so long to see. Because the Bible tells us very specifically, it's been there forever, that Jesus told his disciples to go in before him into the cities and heal the sick, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come nigh. He sent them into the cities to preach the kingdom of God. Well, I just thought the kingdom of God was a general term that meant stuff about God. But it dawned on me one day that Jesus gave the definition for the kingdom of God when he gave the disciples the Lord's Prayer. He told them to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That means the kingdom of God, doesn't it? 
Thy kingdom come. Here's the definition of the kingdom of God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the kingdom of God is when the will of God is done on the earth just like it is in heaven. Any sickness in heaven? Anybody have any problem with sickness or disease in heaven? Any lack in heaven? Any sin problem in heaven? Jesus told the disciples to go and pray, preach, teach something very specific. That God wants the same thing here for you on the earth as he wants for you in heaven. I've never had anybody. It, it dawned on me when I started thinking along these terms, along these lines. The Lord began to speak to me in, in, about a lot of things and a lot of aspects about this. I've never had anybody ask me what is the will of God concerning sickness and disease in heaven. Never. We all understand that in heaven there will be nothing that can hurt or destroy. We all understand that there's no presence of the devil. There's no presence of spiritual death. There's no presence of sickness and disease in heaven. Everybody gets that. Why is there no sickness and disease in heaven? Because that's where God rules. That's where the kingdom of God is in effect. Jesus told the disciples to preach that the kingdom of God has come to the earth or is near to come to the earth. For us, he's already come through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. For them, he told them to heal the sick and say, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. It's close. It's near. The only message the disciples had, they didn't even go preach Jesus. Jesus didn't even go tell them, go tell them that I'm coming. If he had wanted to draw a crowd and if he wanted to stir up some, inf uh, some interest in him before he came, he wouldn't have told them to do the healing works. He would have told them to tell the people of the cities the healing works that they've seen in Jesus and that he'll be here soon. But he sends them to preach that the will of God is to do the same things here on the earth just like it is in heaven. Folks, I would submit to you that that's what Paul's preaching in Acts 14. Paul is preaching that through the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus coming to the earth, offering himself as a sacrifice on the cross, dying for the redemption of mankind, and being raised from the dead, God has affected the kingdom of God and it's available for everyone here and now. So that it's the will of God for your bodies, just like it's the will of God for your spirits, to be made new. And the Bible calls that the gospel. I'm here to tell you the same thing. And Paul said, this is the power of God to heal. Well, he must know. He's got a lot of experience with it. He said the gospel of Christ is the power of God to heal. What that means is very simply this. Because of the work that Jesus has already done not going to do he's not going to do one more thing for you and he doesn't have to because he's already done everything for you because of the work that jesus has already done it's just as much the will of god for you to walk in divine health to be healed from any and every sickness and disease as it is the will of god for your spirit to be made new and to be born again god makes no distinction between the two the same precious blood of jesus Paid the price for both. Now, folks, if I was preaching salvation, what the modern-day church calls salvation, 
If I was preaching, come give your heart to Jesus. And people came. Well, I'll turn it around on me. Let's say that I heard the preaching of the gospel about Jesus dying for sins. And I decided to give my heart to the Lord. Well, I'd be gloriously saved. That may not feel anything. Some people feel something. Some people don't. But based on the word of God, I would be in a new member of the family of God, right? No sin, no wrongdoing on my part would disqualify me from accepting Jesus and the sacrifice he made for my sin. But what if I sin tomorrow? I'm sure that'd be a great disappointment. And I don't doubt at all that the devil would tell me, now you thought you were saved. But here you are the day after going down to the front of the church to give your heart to Jesus. And you did something just like you used to do before you went down to the front of the church. Well, what would that mean? Would it mean I really wasn't saved? No, wouldn't mean that at all. Would it mean I really wasn't made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? No, wouldn't mean that either. It would simply mean one thing. It would mean that sin is still present in the earth. And that I'm going to have to exercise spiritual power, spiritual authority to resist the sin that's in the earth so that I don't yield to its influence. Well, then let's turn that to healing. Jesus paid the price and was our substitute for physical healing or healing for the physical body just as much as he was our substitute for sin. He bore away our sickness just like he bore away our sins. He was made sick through the work on the cross just as much as he was made sin through the work of the cross. So if I receive Jesus as my healer today and tomorrow I'm attacked with symptoms of sickness and disease, does it mean I'm really not healed? No, it means sickness is still in the earth. It means I'm going to have to exercise spiritual authority over sickness and disease to walk in what belongs to me physically just like I'd have to do to walk in what belongs to me spiritually. You can't judge righteousness by physical circumstances. You can't judge healing by physical circumstances in the body. If you do, you missed out on the whole thing that enables you to receive. See, folks, the word of God is true because it's God's word. If God said it, it must be so because he can't lie. If God were able to tell a lie, that lie would immediately become the truth. Because whatever God says is. And God says, you were healed by the stripes of Jesus. God says that salvation means the recreation of the human spirit and the repair and restoration of the human body. James 1.22 tells us to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. It's when we put the word of God in practice and act on what God said to do, that's when the blessings of God become real in our lives. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. 
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our pains. Who's that hour? It is the will of God for every person on the face of the earth to be healed, just as it's the will of God for every person on the earth to be born again, without exception, in every case. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.